Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, My Church is Strong, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on July 8th, 2018. Awesome. Well, we're so excited you're here. Thank you for joining us. Before we get started with our, our message this morning, can we give God a hand for our young people? They, they will not only pick our nursing homes later in life, but they will help to guide us and keep us close to Jesus. So we're thankful for them. God is amazing, isn't he? He's so good to us. Well, I want to start off by um, just kind of asking a rhetorical question. Um, do, have you ever noticed how in our lives there is always a person around us that somehow in some way seems to be just really strong, right? There, there's usually someone in our life that, that usually will show us this strength through the toughest of moments. You know, for me growing up as a kid, uh, my mother and my grandmother were those strong pillars of faith in my life. They were the ones that, that went through so much, uh, so much abuse, so much uh, turmoil in their lives growing up. They, they saw it all. I mean, if you think about dysfunction and, and trouble and, and hard things in life, things that are uncontrollable, uh, my mom and my grandma experienced most everything in that aspect. But it was amazing to me how strong they were through it all. It was amazing to me to just watch their lives and see how they just stayed so close to God. In fact, God was their strength. God was their rock. His, he was their pillar that they leaned on in every moment, even in the good times, even when things were working really well. It was those moments when, when God just showed himself to them and they just drew near to him and you just saw the strength. You know, when my kids were, were younger, I used to tell them and remind them because, you know, I put them in sports and did different things. I always required my kids to do something, whether it was a, an art thing, a drama thing, or a sports thing. I always encouraged them to be a part of some kind of team or um, extracurricular thing. But I would always remind them that there will always be someone that is smarter. There's always going to be someone that is stronger. And there's always going to be someone that is faster. No matter what you're doing, there is someone that is better. But I also told them that regardless of how strong or how much better these people are around you, don't ever let that stop you from being the person that God's created you to be. I think sometimes in our humanity, in our weakness, our insecurities, uh, we don't always see ourselves as strong. We don't always see ourselves as someone that could make it through some of those tough moments that we watch other people and just kind of stand in awe of them as they, they wrestle through these hard moments of life. And we think to ourselves, you know, if I ever lost this or if I was ever, this was ever taken away from me or if, if this ever happened in my life, I just don't know what I would do. I wouldn't necessarily be able to get through. But this morning in our message, in our passage, God reminds us that we are strong. And it's not because I'm strong. It is because God is strong. It is the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us that is our strength. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this morning, what I'd like to do is ask you just a couple of simple questions before we get started. One is we need to answer the question, am I willing to take a step of faith? Am I willing to, to go on this journey that God has drawn me into and brought me to this place in this moment, in this time, for this reason? Am I willing to take a step of faith? Because to be strong, it really does take faith. 
It really does take us moving towards a loving God that is drawing us into a deep, intimate, loving relationship. The other thing that we have to ask ourselves is, am I willing to do the work? And the reason why I want us to ask us ourselves that question is because there's going to be moments when it's really hard. You know, many of us come from families, right? We all have a mom and a dad. Kind of have to, right? <laughs> you know, we come from siblings and cousins. You know, I got family everywhere. And I'll tell you, I'll be the first to say, my family's hard. <laughs> and most of them are sitting in this corner, just so you know. <laughs> so they'll affirm that I'm just as hard as they are. Yeah. Family is hard, right? There's these great moments that we celebrate, these memories that we make. We go on vacations, we do things together, we go to dinner, and we have all these wonderful moments. But it seems to, for whatever reason, there's always those tough moments in life. There's always those seasons that the Bible reminds us of and tells us that we'll go through. Those seasons where relationships just get hard. Those moments when we kind of want to just give up. We kind of just want to push away and disconnect and walk away and say, I'm just done. I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. See, we have to ask ourselves, am I willing to do the work? Because I tell you what, the Christian walk, to follow Jesus, to be in relationship with Jesus, to be a strong church, we have to be willing to do the work. Amen? Amen. We have to be willing to love each other even though they don't love us. See, God modeled all of that for us. Jesus came and he showed us what the church should look like. He gave us an example of it through the life that he lived, the words that he spoke, and the people that he drew in to share this message of faith, hope, and love for generations to come. See, Paul, the apostle, I want you to look up at the screen. He affirms this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. It's going to be on the screen here. I want you to read this with me. He says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. And listen to what he says. As it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. See, Paul's saying you've got to be willing to do the work. You've got to be willing to train in faith. Because bodily training is good, but spiritual training prepares us for something. It holds promises for the future, for life and the life to come. See, we've got to be willing to do the work. I want to tell you this morning, I want to remind you, and I, I believe God is reminding you this morning that you are strong. You are strong because who he is in your life. And this morning as we open up our text in 2 Peter, my prayer is that we would be reminded of the strength that we've been given through Christ Jesus. That we would open our hearts and our minds and we would be willing to do the work. Even when it gets hard, that we will stay strong and we'll stay faithful. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for these students, Father. Lord, the joy that comes from being in a relationship with you is a joy that, that is inexpressible, Father. It just, it fills us, it indwells us, and you live through us, Father, and you give us this, this joy of, of knowing and this hope of understanding and this experience of, of just your presence with us, Father. 
And as we watch our students, Father, just I pray that, that, that they would remind us of the hope that you've given us. Remind us of the things that, that we're doing in our lives that make a difference in their lives. And the difference that they're doing, the things that they're doing in their lives make the difference in our lives. Father, they make us want to be better. They make us want to draw nearer to you, to be deeper in love with you. Father, you have created us to be strong. You've given us the power of your Holy Spirit. You live in us. We are the temple of the living God. And so this morning as we read your word, as we seek to draw near to you, to gain knowledge and insight, to gather together as a church family, as the body of Christ, our prayer is that you would draw us close to you, that our love would deepen this morning, that we would be strengthened by your word, we would be strengthened by your spirit. And Father, we would take it into the world. Father, we would share it with those around us. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for constantly pursuing us. Father, we pray your blessing upon your word this morning. Pray that you would speak to us, that you would guide us, that we would decrease so that you might increase and that your name would be lifted on high and Jesus would be glorified. We love you and we praise you. And we do it all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning we're going to be in 2 Peter. If you'd grab your Bibles, your iPhones, your iPads, whatever you use, we're okay with that. Uh, if you like social media, we're okay with you getting on Facebook every now and then. Just make sure you post something about Jesus, okay? So we just kind of keep it focused in. But uh, there's Bibles also under the chairs there. If you need them, you can grab those. We use the ESV version here, which is a great version. And, uh, but whatever version you have, it'll also be up on the screen. And we're going to read this passage together. We're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to start in verse 3, and we're going to read uh, 3 through 11 together this morning. And then we're going to talk a little bit of how it applies to us as a church. Everybody ready? All right. Do I hear it? Ready? ready. Marcego? All right. Let's do this. In Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3, he says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers... Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, this morning, I want to give us a few ways that can ensure that my church is strong. We're in this series about I love my church and what God's church should look like and who we should be as God's people. And our people, our church should be strong. In order for us to be strong, we need to know who God is. Again, in verses three and four, he says it right there. He says, his divine power 
has granted to us, you and I, all things that pertain to life and godliness. And it's through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Key word there, circle divine nature. Having escaped from the corruption, corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So I don't know about you, but when I read that, I had them ask myself the question, so, so what do I know about God? You know, there, there's a lot of people in the world that, that know of God, right? People talk about God all the time. We use God's name all the time in, in, in our circles, right? You know, people know of God, but do we truly know who God is? And should we? Should we seek to discover who God is? Yes, we should. Yes, we can. See, God's word has given us everything that we can to understand his character traits, to know who he is, what he's about, and the things that he has for people, that, the people that he's created. See, some of the things that we can understand about who God is is one that is God is holy. The book of Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3 says, And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. See, God is holy and he is worthy to be praised. He is the creator of all things. The heavens and the earth, everything that we see, God has created it including you and I. He shaped us, he formed us, and he breathed life into us. So we know that our God is holy. We also know that God is love. 1 John 4, 8 says, anyone who does not love does not know God because why? God is what? God is love. See, the God that created us, loved us, breathed life into us, that is pursuing us, he is by his nature, he is love. See, this is who our God is. See, God is also merciful. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness, but is patient towards who? You. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. When my grandmother got into her upper years, um, she got old and, and she started getting a little frail and, you know, she lost some abilities to drive and do some things. And, and in, in the aspect of watching her in her faith, it was, it was such a beautiful thing to see and talk to her and sit down with her and she'd say, Mijito, I, I'm ready to go home. I, I pray every day that, that God would just take me. I, I just can't wait to be in heaven. I can't wait to be worshiping him. And, and, and you know, that's pretty... That's a pretty amazing statement if you think about death and how we see death and the fears of it and the unknown of it all. She was so ready to go to heaven. And at times she would even say to me, he thought, I don't understand why God doesn't just take me home. I, I want to be home with him. I think it's because of this passage here. Because God is merciful. And not because he was being merciful to her. He was being merciful to me. He was showing me his mercy through my grandmother, through my mom, and all those people that are so strong in their faith. And here's the reason why. Because there's some things that God is doing in them and through them that apply to me. And I, I want you to know that, that the life that you're living right now, the things that you're doing right now are a reflection of God. The things that God's doing in your life 
will reflect in the lives of those that are around you and they need you. And God is merciful. He is patient. His time isn't our time. And there's some people in your world that need to see Jesus through you. You need to know this God that is so loving and so merciful. And he does it so much so that he says here that, that all should reach repentance. God is patient and merciful so that every person knows what it means to live with the Savior Jesus Christ. Another thing we see in our God is he is faithful. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, God is merciful. I want to ask you this morning, do you know the God of the Bible? Do you, do you know this God that is preached through his word? I hope this morning that you know who this God, not just of this God, I hope this morning that, that we all would seek to grow deeper in our love and understanding for who this God is. Because he's so much more than just what I shared. He is bigger, he is greater, he is so much more than, than our minds can even fathom and understand. See, we need to know who God is. See, and Jesus affirms all of this. He affirms the character of God when he shares this passage in John. As he's speaking to the people, he says in John 3, 16 and 17, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world. Listen to this. This is a key right here. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. See, to me, that encompasses everything we just read in those previous passages. God so loved the world that he was merciful, he is faithful, he is kind, and he is just. And he's not here to squash anybody, but he's here to restore us. He's here to lift us up and remind us that we can be strong, that he created us to be something so much more than we could even understand. But if we trust him, if we walk with him, He'll show us just who he is and who we are in this world and to the people around us. See, when we begin to know God, who God is, it'll move us to want to do the next, the following. Know what to do next. You know, many of us come to church, we come and we're kind of, you know, trying to check it all out and figure out our own walk and, and we discover who this God is and we, we experience God just like our students did this last week at camp and they come home and they're fired up. But I think the hard part of all of that is that we don't realize or understand completely, well, what do I do next? What, what's next for me? Well, he gives it to us here in verses five and seven of our passage in Second Peter. He says, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. See, that's our next step is to grow deeper in love with Jesus Christ. To move towards a personal, intimate relationship that moves us and it changes us and causes something in us that will reflect who God is, the image bearer of God 
Have you ever heard the statement, um, you will get out of it what you put into it? Yeah. Well, I, I wrestled when I was a kid. I, I love wrestling. It's my favorite sport. Not the WWF or E or whatever that is. That's a little too crazy for me. But real wrestling. Sorry if I offended any WE fans. It's kind of not real wrestling. But I wrestled as a kid. And I remember my coach would always tell us, the way you practice is the way you're going to perform in a match. If you're halfway through it and you're not really giving it your all in practice, then that's pretty much how you're going to perform in a match. And I didn't believe that. <laughs> he was basically, in essence, telling me, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. If you work hard, you're going to see the results of your work, your effort. And I didn't realize that as a, as a young man. But after losing a few matches, some lights started popping on. That's what Paul's telling us in 1 Timothy. He's saying bodily training is good, but let's work on our spiritual training. He's saying here, put every effort to do the following things, to take the steps towards a more deeper, more intimate relationship with God and live in the power of the Spirit, the one who dwells in you. Walk in step with God's Spirit and bear the fruit of it. And here are the steps that he gives us. As we reflect the character of God, we will reflect virtue, which is holiness or morality. We will do what is right in God's sight because we have an understanding of the things that God's word teaches us about morality and doing what is right in his sight. Self-control. We control our passions and we don't let our passions control us. You know, it's interesting to me because people don't think that, that uh, everybody has passions. <laughs> You know, if you're a pastor or a, a church leader or someone, uh, people don't realize you're human. <laughs> you know, there's something to switch once you got a piece of paper, you know, that it changes you. You're, now you're not human, but you are. You know, we need to see each other as, as fellow servants, as, as co-workers, as partners in the gospel. You know, and an inflection of that, that we have to understand that we all have sin. We all have things that we struggle with. And these things that we call sin are reflective of our own personal passions and desires. And it may be different for you over here and maybe different for you over here, but it is still a passion that is burns inside of us and a desire to do something that is in opposition or disobedience to the word of God, to the good things, the morality that God teaches us. But one thing that the Bible also tells us is that we don't allow those passions to control us we control them. And we control them through the power of God's Spirit, right? It's when we walk in step with the Spirit, when we're living in and by the Spirit, that we do the things of the Spirit. We bear the fruit of the Spirit. So we don't let those passions control us. And by doing so, we become faithful. It's faithfulness in our lives, faithfulness in our walk with God. And we are to be sure to do this in love. See, we have to lead with love, walk in love, and share God's love with everyone. You know, I think that's something that happens too often in the church is that we forget that love should lead us. Just like love drew us in, love guides us, love should lead us. You know, there's a saying that, that I didn't make up but I use still to today is that we should love the people more than we love the idea of the ministry. It's so easy, yeah, amen, right? Yeah. Right? 
See, God called us. That's what this series is all about. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He didn't say if you have the biggest or the best or the prettiest or the most perfect ministry. He'll know us by our love. See, we should always lead with love. And we should put everything we have into becoming stronger, growing more deeper and more intimate in this love relationship that Christ has offered us. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. And He has come to restore us. He has come to save us, not squash us. So much so that He gave His life for us. So we should make every effort. Well, something else that we need is that we need to know why we need to do this. Sometimes we forget the importance of who we are in Christ Jesus. And in verses 8 and 9, he reminds us. He says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. You see it there? Do you see the why? Why we do these things? Why we move towards a deeper, more intimate love for Jesus Christ? So that we might be effective and fruitful in this life that God has given us. So we might bear the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of holiness, that we might be image bearers of the one true holy God, the Jesus that most people will ever, ever see. See, we do it for this reason. See, God has told us that he has given us and offered us so many promises. He wants us to take hold of these promises. Go back up to verse 4. Listen to what he says here. He says, By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Again, verse 3. His divine power has been granted to us all. See, it's God's spirit that leads us. It's God's spirit that guides us. You and I, we just have to take hold of these promises and remember that there is a purpose behind it. There is a plan behind it. You know, there's, there are several people that I just met this morning. And there's some people that, that uh, I know and have known for, for many, many years. I mean, 10, 15 years plus. But regardless of the time that we've known each other, regardless of, of, of what we think and see is, is uh, why we're here, the real reason God put us in each other's lives is to point each other to Jesus. And whether it's a brief moment, whether it's 30 minutes or 30 years, there is a purpose behind it all. And I think it's important for us to remind each other of the why. That's why the Bible teaches us that we should gather often, right? To stir one another up, right? To help each other and point each other to Jesus. To remind each other that, that we're, we're human and we sin and we fall and we struggle. But God is strong and He is great and He loves us. And we're together as a family. We're together as the body of Christ. And there's a purpose behind that. God wants to do something, not only in my life, but He wants to do something in your life. And he's doing that something in your life for my life. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that such an amazing thing that, that we can do this life together that God never intended for us to do it alone? See, we have to remember the why. 
John 15, 2, Jesus says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know what you've got going on in your life. But I will tell you this, whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're dealing with, I want to encourage you. I want you to look at it like this. Just as Jesus said here, I want to encourage you to think that maybe God is just pruning you a little bit. Maybe God is just working in you because a day from now, a week from now, a year from now, God wants to do something through you. Amen? Let's... Let's get to know this God. Let's do what it takes. Let's take a step of faith, even if it's hard, even if it gets tough. Let's stay faithful to the God that created us, that loves us, that's called us. And in those tough moments, let's just remind each other of what he says here in verse 10 of our passage. He says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. That's a promise. Did you hear that? That's a promise for you, for you, for me. If you practice these qualities, you will never fall. See, my church is strong because we've been given the power of God to live this life and grow in our faith together in Jesus' name. We have been called to fulfill God's purposes and his plans. Well, if you would, bow your head and close your eyes with me. I just want to close with this. I'm going to ask you to respond to God this morning. And you don't have to stand up. You don't have to raise your hand. This is between you and God. I I want to ask you this morning, where are you right now in your walk with God? Do you know him? Or do you just know of him? The Bible teaches us that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you will be saved. The Bible shows us that, that we are all sinners. We all fall short of God's glory. We all have lived in disobedience to God's will and purpose and plan for our lives. And that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus died on a cross. He's offering you and I forgiveness. He's offering us mercy and grace. And it's not because we're good enough. It's not because we're tall enough. Not because we're smart enough or we're the strongest in the room. It's simply because we are who he created. I want you to know this morning, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are special in God's eyes. And we as the body of Christ, we love you just as God loves you. And we want to draw you into this relationship. We want to walk with you on this journey. So this morning, if that's the step you need to take to move toward Jesus, no magical prayer, no fancy words. Just say, Jesus, I don't know and I don't understand it all, but I want to believe in you. I want to trust in you. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came and died on a cross so that I could have eternal life. You paid a price that I could never pay. And Jesus, I confess right now in these moments, that you are Lord, that you are my Savior. And I want to move into a better understanding, a greater understanding of the things that you've called me to do and called me to become. I want to learn more about you. So Father, guide me. Show me what you have for me. 
Open my eyes, open my heart. Let your spirit indwell in me and fill me that I might walk with you and pursue you and seek to understand the things that you have for me. Father God, I am yours. I want to read this last with your eyes closed and your head bowed. I want to read this last passage and we're going to continue to pray together and then we're going to worship and give praise to God for all that he is. 1 Timothy 4, 9 and 10 says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and we strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Father, we believe this morning. Father, we trust you this morning. Father, we are your church. We are your people. Father, you've called us to live in relationship with you, to draw deeper in love and to have a better and greater understanding of why you created us, our purpose, and the plan that you have for us. Father, we pray that this morning, as your spirit fills us, as you guide us, as you speak to our hearts, as you speak to our minds, Father, as you show us the things that you have for us, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us. Forgive us of the moments when we are weak and faithless. Father, when we miss the mark, that you would wash us and cleanse us and create in us anew, Father. That the old would be gone and the new would come, Father. And today forward, from this moment on, we would take a step of faith and we would live for you. We would walk with you. We would lift our hands in praise to you, Father. And we would surrender all of who we are. Lord, we understand that by doing this, by taking this step, it's not because we are good or because we are great, but it is because you are good. It is because you are great. It's because you are a holy God, full of mercy, faithful in all things, and full of love. Father, you love us, and thank you for that love this morning. Father, I pray for every heart that's here. Father, you know their hearts. I don't. I pray that this morning that you would touch their hearts, Father, that you would help them in the moments that they are in. Whatever season it is, wherever they are, that you would remind them that you are there, that you will never leave them nor forsake them, that you will always be with them to the end of age. And Father, that you have offered them something so special, so great. And they would accept that, that they would take hold of that, the promises, the hope, the faith, the love, all that you are, Father. Lord, we give these moments to you. We give this time to you. We trust you. We look to you. And we give you praise. We love you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. Thank you for dying on a cross. We ask these things in your name. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Sol Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at solrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at solrio.com. At Sol Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.